goodness I know it's gray outside you got to wake up good morning all right hey this is a day that we 
have come together to say, thank you, Lord. Uh, we serve a good God. Now, that, I tell you, that means a lot in that no matter what we're going through, God is still a good God. And we thank you for being here today. We want to say to all of our mothers that are here today, happy Mother's Day to you. Uh, we are going to honor you here in just a few moments, but we thank you for being here. For all of you that came today to be with your mothers, thank you for doing that. I know that that uh, has meant a lot to her to see you walk in the door, and uh, it's always special when moms can be with their, uh, the, when their youngins on Mother's Day. So thank you for coming today. Just a couple things really quick. Next Sunday is kind of a packed Sunday for us. Uh, all of the information is in your bulletin. Make sure you read those. Uh, first of all, we're going to have a, uh, a church conference immediately after the service. Uh, we have a proposal that we want to bring to you about uh, a possible renovation of our uh, playground outback. We've got, I don't know, 65 kids or so in our preschool. We're looking at expanding that next year plus our own children play on that uh, playground, and it's in dire need of some, uh, of some up, uh, uh, not going to say upkeep, but renovation. And so we're going to be talking about that and voting on that at the end of service uh, next week. And also, due to some unforeseen situations and circumstances, our, our mission team is just not going to be able to travel this year to Africa. And you have been so faithful and generous in your giving toward that trip. So we're going to talk about what we, as a church, would like to do with those funds uh, whenever we meet together next week as well. So that's at the end of service. And then we're going to get, you've got to run home, change clothes, and eat really quick and be back here around 2.45 or so. Uh, we're going to meet and we're going to divide up into groups. And we're going to go out into some of our local communities and prayer walk through those communities. And as we prayer walk through those communities, we have some little bags of information uh, about our church, talking about Vacation Bible School, the new Spanish ministry uh, that we started, different things that we're going to be placing on mailboxes as we prayer walk. And so I hope you'll, you'll be a part of that. That's uh, next Sunday afternoon. And for all those who do that, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to come back here and dig into some cake or ice cream or something. We're going to have some desserts out there. Uh, the ladies are working on that for us, and we're going to just enjoy a time of fellowship uh, after we are able to do those things. So that's all next Sunday. A lot going on. Please keep all that in mind. Make sure you read your bulletin. All the announcements are very, very important. Let's take just a moment to pray together. And uh, again, thank you for being here today. Our Father and our God, how good it is to be in this house of worship on this Lord's Day. And we do want to come before you with thanksgiving. We want to come before you today with our praise, with our adoration for who you are. Because you are the one true God. And you are a good God. And we thank you for the blessings that you pour into our life every single day. So many of them, Lord, that we often run right past them and fail to stop and say thank you at that moment. Today, Lord, we say thank you. We thank you for these precious ladies who are in this place right now, those who are mothers. We pray your blessings on them, Lord, as they celebrate this day. Uh, we thank you, Lord, for those precious moms who have gone on to be with you, who are in your presence right now. We thank you for them. And, Lord, we, we pray that, uh, that we can remember them with fondness and love on this Mother's Day.
God, as we go through our time together today, we just pray, will you pour out your power upon this place? Lord, we know you're here. We know you're here. Because you've told us when just as few of two or three would gather in your name that you would, you would be in their midst. And Lord, we know that there's so many more than that here today. So we pray for your power and your presence in this service. Speak to us, Lord. Give us that, that message that we need to hear, whether it's through the songs that we sing, through the fellowship we enjoy, through the preaching of your word. Lord, speak to our hearts. We know, Lord, that there's some in this room today that have come here and they are, they're struggling. It's just been a tough time over this past week or these past several weeks. And, and Lord, today they, they need your comfort. They need your peace. They, they need from you your power and your presence. Lord, we know that there's others who've come in today that, man, it's just been such a great week. And everything has just fell into place. And, Lord, they have come today to to give you glory and honor for those things that you have allowed to come into their life. And today, Lord, we just want to praise your name. And we ask, Lord, that from this point forward, everything we do, everything we say, every, every word that falls from our lips, every action of our hands will bring honor and glory through the precious name of Jesus. For it's in that name I pray. Amen. This spring, only one hero can save her family and prevent disaster. Mom, we're going to be late for school. I don't think so. Whoa. Experience the phenomenon that critics are calling inspiring. Mom, I can't find number 17. Come on, Billy. Dig deep. A lot of fun. And pure genius. Mom, where's my phone? Table. Keys. Mudroom. Dragon Man. Under the couch between the monkey and the flip-flop. How does she do that? Created by God to demonstrate his love with grace, elegance, and poise. Butane torch. Absolutely love the flame torch to light the candles. How many of you got that now in your mind about, oh, I can't wait for the next birthday at my house? I know you do. Well, we do want to honor our uh, mothers that are with us today and, and our ladies that are here. And, and we, do, we do this kind of a, in a, a little bit different way than a lot of folks do. I know uh, I've been in churches where they do the oldest mother and the youngest mother and the mother with the most children. And uh, if we do the oldest mother, I'm going to tell you, uh, it's usually the same person. If we do the youngest mother, that changes maybe from one year to the next. But when we do most children, that's not a competition that anybody wants to get into 
to win that prize every year. So uh, we do a little bit different uh, in that we allow you the opportunity to honor our mothers. Uh, we have up front some gifts that Nancy has put together. Uh, she always does a great job for us in assembling these things and uh, making sure that we have these gifts available. And they're up front here today. And uh, so we're going to give you the opportunity to present your mother with one of these gifts. So let's do it this way. If your mother is in this room with you right now and you would like to give her one of these gifts, then we're in just a moment we're going to ask you to come forward, get one of these gifts, and take it to her. Now, if there's more than one child here with that mother, um, I'll let y'all decide how, who gets to go get the gift, but you all have to present it to her, and you all have to hug her. How's that? So she gets a hug from all of her kids, even though she has that uh, gift handed to her by one. Uh, so if your mother is in this room, I want to ask you, if you will, to come forward at this time and pick up one of these gifts, take it back to her, and give it to her. Make sure that you hug her neck. Make sure that you tell her that you love her as you give it to her. Now, don't just go over there and throw it at her and say, here. Don't, don't do that now. <laughs> Give her that big hug. Give her that big hug. Let her know that you love her. I appreciate Brother Tim Little has already taken care of our ladies that are serving Faithfully down in the nursery today, I appreciate those ladies and uh, appreciate all those who volunteer in our nursery and they've been taken care of. All right, now, husbands, here's where we need your help. Maybe your kids cannot be here today to be with you, you uh, your, mo your mother, your wife. Uh, maybe she's, they're not able to be here with her today. Uh, or maybe you like that Flannery dude over there and they're just too little to walk up here and get one. And you would like to... Uh, present a gift to your wife uh, on behalf of your children, then I'm going to ask you guys to come on up and uh, grab one of those and take it to your wife and present it to her uh, on behalf of your children. Thank you, men. We appreciate you being willing to do that. And again, don't just go over and say, here. You, you, you give her at least a little peck on the cheek or something like that. All right. Now, we have ladies with us today uh, who uh, have not received one of these gifts that we want to make sure that they do. So as you look up and down the row where you're sitting right now, if there's someone there who has not received one of these ladies, who has not received one of these gifts, 
I want to ask you, if you will, just to kind of make that eye contact with the others in your, uh, on your pew, and you come and get a, a gift and present it to them. That would be great. Because we want to make sure those ladies are honored today as well. And so if you would do that, we want to make sure these ladies get one of these gifts. All right. Now, as you look up and down the the row where you're sitting, is there any lady that's on that row that has not received a gift? Uh, If so, then now would be the time to come and present one to her uh, so that we can honor her at this time. All right. Ladies, we love you. We appreciate you. I have long said that if you take women out of the church, the church would probably have to close its doors pretty quick uh, because our women do a lot of ministry in and through our church uh, all the time. And we appreciate you. We love you. Uh, There are a few gifts left here. like I said, we made sure the ladies downstairs had theirs. So when we are com- finished with our service today, if you plan to see your mother today uh, and you would like to take her one of these gifts, they're first come, first serve. All we ask is that there's no fights break out at the front of the church, okay? Uh, but you're welcome to come and pick one of those up at the end of service so that you can take that to her and just let her know that First Baptist Church of Locust loves her and appreciates her. I want to take just a moment to pray uh, before we move on with our service. Our Father and our God, we thank you for uh, the ladies that are here today. We thank you for the mothers who faithfully serve their families, raising their children, loving their grandchildren, some even uh, being blessed with their great-grandchildren. We thank you for them, Lord. We know that they are special to us. And Lord, as we said earlier, we say again... We thank you for those precious, precious moms uh, who are in your presence right now. And Lord, help them to know today that they are loved uh, passionately and they are missed desperately. And Lord, we just pray this is going to be a great day for all these ladies that are in this room today. That they will will understand that uh, First Baptist Church of Locust, as part of the kingdom of God, loves them. Uh, so, Lord, just go with us through this day. Help us to honor these ladies. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh. 
take a moment to pray together. Lord, we are continually humbled and continually honored to be able to again come into your house and to come into your presence. And as we do, Lord, we acknowledge how good you are to us, how faithful you have been to us. Even when we don't deserve it, even when we are at our lowest, when we are at our highest, You continue to be good. You continue to be faithful. And Lord, as you have been faithful, may we in turn be faithful to give to you what you have given to us. You've given us everything that we need. You've given us abundantly more than we could ask. And so, Lord, it's all that we can do but to give back to you. Bless everything that we give, our time, our money, our abilities. Bless it for your kingdom, for your name, and your glory. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. Streams of mercy. 
he fills the streets to look upon the one who bled to save me and walk with him for all eternity.
Amen. Thank you for your singing. I invite you to be seated. Boy, I do like that song. Remember the first time I heard it on the radio as I was riding down the, down the road. I, I think uh, I may have. I may have shouted a time or two in my car. I probably had all the people wondering what in the world's going on with that crazy nut and that Hyundai Santa Fe, but I, I just like that song. That is a great song. And did, did you listen to the words? Did you listen to the words? You know, as we were singing that, I'm, I'm going to tell you what just kept rushing back to my mind. Uh, in, the, in the ten and a half years, I've had the privilege and the opportunity uh, to be a part of this church family. When it talked about the heroes who have gone on before, uh, my mind floods to all the many uh, amazing saints of God that we have uh, that we have walked beside as they made their their journey home, and they're no longer with us. And man, I just I can't wait to see them again. I think that's going to be a great day, uh, and I look forward to that. If you have your Bibles, would you join me in the book of Micah, chapter number two, the book of Micah chapter number two and while you're you're turning there or, or in your bibles or whether you're uh, using it electronically however you may be accessing god's word today i want to say two things number one thank you to the mullis family for these beautiful flowers in honor of uh, betty mullis and uh, we appreciate that secondly next saturday I, I, I failed to put this in the bulletin i think next saturday is hands-on locust and this is a kids event We'd love for all of our children to come, be here at the church around 10 o'clock. We're going to pile up in vehicles and everything else. We're going to go over to town center, and uh, we're, going to, we're going to sit in some police cars, and we're going to sit in some fire trucks, and we're going to sit on some tractors, and we're going to sit in an ambulance. We're not going to lay in the back, but we are going to sit in an ambulance, and we're just going to have a good time with the hands-on locust. Uh, so we want to in- invite all of our parents and our children to go and be a part of that. And then when we get done with that, we're just going to swing by Pizza Hut over here and try to rob them of all the pizza they've got in the place. Uh, eat every slice they've got if we can do that. So that's this coming Saturday, uh, May the 20th. We're in Micah chapter 2, and today we're going to be looking at just two verses, verse 12 and verse 13. Uh, let's read those together. Here's what the Bible says as... Uh, God is speaking through the prophet Micah. He says, I will surely assemble all of you, Jacob. I will surely gather the remnant of Israel, and I will put them together like sheep in the fold, like a flock in the midst of its pasture. They will be noisy with men. The breaker goes up before them. They break out, pass through the gate, and go out by it. So their king goes on before them, and the Lord is at their head. Let's pray together. Father, again, thank you for this privilege and honor. We ask you to just bless your word as we spend this time studying it together. Uh, we ask God that it minister to us as only it can. These are words of truth. These are words of life. And Lord, we need them today. So speak to us is our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, we've been walking through the, the book of Micah as we've been looking at God is faithful. And up to this point, let's just be perfectly honest with each other, Micah's prophecy has contained nothing but really bad news uh, for the northern and the southern kingdom of Israel. The northern kingdom of Israel, whose capital was Samaria, 
uh, was being given by God into the hands of the pagan Assyrians. That was just, it was going to happen. It wasn't it might happen or it could happen. It was already in the works and it was going to happen. Because the northern kingdom had completely and totally rebelled against God and had wholeheartedly embraced the idols of the nations that were around them. And not only that, but the government and the business leaders of Samaria, uh, the capital of the northern kingdom, they had oppressed the poor for their own greedy gain. They were out to get as much as they could at the expense and the cost of anyone and everyone that was in uh, that kingdom. And to make them feel better about what they were doing uh, in their corruption, they had paid false prophets to actually preach to them that God was okay with their sin and God was okay with their rebellion. That, that gave them a, the warm fuzzies and made them feel good about all of the bad stuff that they had been doing. And God had had enough. That's why he had sent Micah to tell this northern kingdom, to tell Samaria that God's judgment was inevitable. It was on its way, and their kingdom was going to fall. He's going to allow the Assyrian army to march through their land and to destroy anything and everything in its path. So Micah had warned this, this northern kingdom, but he had also been sent to send a warning to the southern kingdom. Uh, that kingdom was known as Judah. And here's what he was sent to tell them, that if they continued in the same path of rebellion that they had just begun, that they too would be destroyed, that God would allow the enemies of the, that nation to come in and trample over Jerusalem. That just because they, they were God's people, just because they had the holy city of Jerusalem, did not exempt them from the wrath of God against their sin. Now, I think that's important to understand is that none of us are immune to God's judgment on our sin. God will judge our sin. And it's not because he's mad at us. It's not because he hates us. not because he is embarrassed by us. But he punishes our sin because he loves us too much to let us continue in a, uh, an, an action of rebellion. And so he brings us back to himself. Let's not forget God's purpose behind sending Micah to these people. He was there to proclaim that not only is God faithful to punish the wicked, but he was there to also to proclaim that God was faithful to protect the righteous. So in the midst of this bad news, and, and, and chapter 1 and 2 is just filled with, with bad news. But in the midst of it, as we're finishing out chapter 2, Micah points to the fact that there's hope even in this dark time. There is hope in the midst of darkness. Yes, some bad stuff is about to go down. Yes, these cities are about to be laid waste. Yes, there are many of them that are going to be killed in that battle. There are others of them that are going to be taken captive and, and, and taken away from their homeland and dispersed throughout the Assyrian kingdom. But even in the midst of that, Micah says there's hope in the midst of darkness. And he gives us two truths in these two verses that I want us to look at. Because my guess is that there's some in this room today that here lately it just seems like all the news has been bad. 
right? I mean, you're doing the best you can, and and you're working as hard as you know how to work. You're you're doing everything that you should do, but it just seems like every time you step in a doctor's office, every time you get on the scales, every time you go to the grocery store, every time you visit Walmart, the news is bad. Uh, it's, it's more money to live. It's, 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 the health is not good. The weight's going up or falling off un, unnecessarily. It's, it's just always seems to be something bad going on. Can I tell you something? Even in the midst of bad things, there's hope in your darkness. Here's one of the truths that he shares with us in this passage of Scripture. And that is that God would preserve a remnant. God's going to preserve a remnant. Not every single citizen in the city of Samaria, had abandoned their worship of the one true God. Now, many of them had. And as a result of their apostasy, as a result of them abandoning the worship of the real God in order to worship the idols, devastation was coming their way. But not everyone had done that. There were many that had still been faithful to the to the name of God, to the worship of God, to the statutes of God, the commands of God, and they had been crying out as they saw their their city, they saw their kingdom going in the wrong direction, as they saw the every one thing that they loved and all that they had built going more and more in the way of wickedness, they were crying out for deliverance. They were saying, Lord, something's got to change. It just seems wickedness is consuming around us. And Lord, darkness is closing in. Wrath is on its way. Lord, we need deliverance out of this. And these are the ones who had faithfully considered and had faithfully continued to worship the Lord God. And the oppressors were their own countrymen. The rich, the powerful, and the greedy, they were stripping them of their belongings. They were evicting them from their homes. They were, uh, they were, they were forced into slavery for the rich. So much was going on. But still, they believed that if I cry out to God, He'll hear me. If I cry out to God, He will honor my pleas. Folks, that is where we get our hope from. That's where we find hope in darkness is that no matter who we are and what we're going through, God hears our pleas. I'm I'm, I'm thinking of of Daniel standing in a den full of lions. And if ever there was a day that things looked dark, that was a dark day for Daniel. But yet, in the midst of his love and devotion for God, God didn't keep him out of that den full of lions, but God shut the mouth of the lions. And delivered Daniel out. We know the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We know that they too had faced a dark time. They refused to worship any other God but the one true God. And as a result of that, they were going to be cast into a furnace that had been heated to the, to the maximum amount of heat that it could have. The fire was as hot as it had ever been, and they were thrown into that pit with the fire. Now, God did not keep them out of that pit of fire, but here's what God did. He walked in the fire with them, and He protected them. So, God is, is 
always looking to preserve that remnant, those that love him and serve him. So it is here in Samaria. God is faithful to the few. And in every situation where evil seems to have triumphed, here's what we learn from God's word. God is faithful. God is faithful. And those who refuse to bow to the pressures of, of rebellion, those who refuse to, to bow to the pressures of sin, those who refuse to bow to the lure of the world around them, God is faithful to protect and provide for those individuals. He will provide, He will raise up, and He will preserve a remnant. Even as this Assyrian army has marched victoriously across all the lands and destroyed city after city after city, they understood that God could and God would deliver the faithful few. So you may be facing that difficult and dark circumstance today. I I, I don't know. But I want you to understand this truth that God is not going to forsake the righteous. God is not going to forsake those who love him. Now, does that mean that you won't have to have troubles? No, I didn't say that. Does it mean that grief will never enter into your life? Does it mean that problems will never assail you? That's not what I said. But here's what I do believe. That God is faithful to walk through those things with the righteous. He'll get in the fire with you. He'll shut the mouth of your lions in that den full of Wickedness waiting to consume you. He'll do that. Listen, listen to the promise that God gave in Psalm 34, verse 17 and 18. Just listen to this promise. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears and rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. Did you hear that? The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. Your prayers are not falling on deaf ears. Your situation may be dark and your and the outcome may be bleak, but the but the God of heaven hears the cries of the righteous. He listens for the cries of his people. Psalm 47, King David proclaims this, that God is our refuge and our strength, a very ready help in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth shakes and the mountains may slip into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake at its swelling pride, the Lord of armies is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Do you hear the, the, the language that David's using? He's saying that I'm in the middle of an earthquake. I'm in the middle of a fierce storm. I, I've, got, I, I've got waves crashing on my life, threatening to, to, to sink the vessel that is who I am. I, I mean, my family is under attack. My work is under attack. My health is under attack. All of these things are going on in my life. And yet, here's what he says. I'm going to look to the one who can give me help. I'm going to go, I'm going to look to the one who is righteous and good and holy and who has promised that he would never leave me nor forsake me. I'm going to look to the Lord of the armies. He is with us and he will prevail because he's our stronghold. God is faithful to preserve his people in times of trouble. This doesn't mean that we don't have to go through trouble. But it assures us that we'll not go through whatever it may be without 
His presence. He will be with us. You know why? Because God is faithful to preserve a remnant. He's always looking for the righteous. The Bible says that his, he's looking to and fro throughout the earth for the heart of that person who loves him and serves him. If he does that today, will he find you as that one who loves him and serves him? Even though the world around us grows more and more wicked by the day, even though the wrath of God is more and more imminent upon our world and the wickedness that consumes it, are you one of those that's still standing strong in the, in the presence and in the worship of Almighty God. Because if you are, can I, can I give you some good news? No matter how dark the night gets, no matter how bad things may become, God preserves His remnant. That's one of those great truths that we find here in this passage of Scripture. But there's, there's another great truth that I don't want us to miss. And it's actually kind of buried into that verse 12 and then carried back out through verse number 13. And that is that God will provide for the righteous. He'll preserve a remnant, but he'll provide for the righteous. Micah gives us a a very, very familiar illustration about God's provision. And that is he proclaims that God is our great shepherd. Now, you know that 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 is as, 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 as strong a language as we can get about how God takes care of his people. He's like a shepherd that cares for his sheep. He is a shepherd that protects, provides, makes sure the sheep are, are healthy and strong, makes sure the sheep have plenty to eat and have rest and protects them from the predators. The image of a sheepfold brought to the forefront the truth of God's protection and provision over his righteous ones. Yes, the Assyrians are going to come. Yes, Samaria is going to be destroyed. Yes, there are dark days ahead. Yes, 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 it's about to get ugly and about to get ugly in an epic manner. But even in the midst of that, the great shepherd was going to shepherd his sheep. He was going to provide for them and protect them. God had already provided a means of escape for them if they would just remain faithful to him. The great shepherd would lead his faithful few out of harm's way. Many of these faithful, what, we've, what history tells us is that many of those who served God and loved God when they heard the, the truth of Micah because so many of the others had rebelled against that and listened to the false prophets telling them everything's going to be okay, that many of those who believed Micah and believed the God and worshipped the God of Micah, that many of them fled to Jerusalem to avoid The devastation of Samaria. You see, God had provided a means of escape. He had led his sheep into a sheepfold where they could be protected. And the Bible is absolutely filled with God's promises to provide for those who worship him, to provide for those who are faithful to him. God's word, if you're looking for that assurance, it's here. It's, it's, in, it's in every book of the Bible we find where God over and over again says, for those who love me and, and, and worship me, those who belong to me, I will be their shepherd. I'll provide for them and protect them, even in the midst 
of the darkest nights. And we know that that's true. He provides courage to stand in the face of calamity. He provides peace to keep walking during times of great trouble. He provides hope in the darkness even of our own failures. And he provides grace when we stumble and when we fall. We serve a good God. Folks, I want to tell you, you need to take that one truth and you need to, you need to inscribe it on your heart. Because at the heart of every debate that's going on in our culture right now is this. Is God good? Is God good? You say, well, I, I, don't, I don't hear that debate. Oh, yeah, it's there. When, when we talk about a, the social issue of abortion, the question is, is God good? I'm carrying a baby. I don't want it. So God has cursed me with a child. So I just need to get rid of it. I'm, I, I, I'm a man born in a woman's body, a woman born in a man's body. God messed up. God's not good. He don't know what he's doing. At the very forefront of every debate in culture is this. Is God good? And the truth is, God is good. God is good. And when we nail that down, we can stand on his word, even if it cuts across the grain of our life, even if it confronts our own sin, even if it, if it looks us in the eye and, and screams to us, repent, we must believe that God is good. He is a good shepherd. That's how Jesus described himself. He said, I am the good shepherd. And I know my sheep, and my sheep know my voice. And so today we, we see that even in those dark times, even in those difficult situations, that the great shepherd is still providing because he is good at the very core, at the very nature of who he is. He can't be anything but good. And no matter what may be going on around us that screams, God's messed up again. God made another mistake. God is not as in control as we think he is. No matter all of those voices that cry around us in our culture, the Bible proclaims that God is good. And when we stand on that and we believe the word of God for what it says, we can withstand the pressure to fall to those attitudes and those understandings. God is good. He is a good shepherd. And here's what the great shepherd desires. He desires for us to look to him for our provision and not the things of this world. He, he desires for us to follow him and trust that he's a good shepherd. He won't lead us into pastures that have nothing for us to eat. He'll always lead us into green pastures. Psalm 23. He won't lead us into troubled waters. Where there, there's the risk of drowning. He'll lead us into still waters. Psalm 23. He will anoint our head with oil. Well what does that mean? That means it's healing oil. When the sheep would often get their 
their their head stuck in brambles and briars. It would cut them and scrape them, and they would bleed. And then the insects would begin to to to, to light upon those and lay their eggs, and it would get infected and all that nasty stuff that happens. But then here comes the good shepherd with that oil, and he anoints the head of that sheep and rubs it in. And as he does, he brings healing to the wound. Can I tell you something? The good shepherd wants to bring healing to your wounds. He wants to provide green pastures. He wants to lead you into still waters. Psalm 121 says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence my help comes. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. God is faithful to provide for the righteous. Even in your darkest hours, God will be faithful to you. He is the great shepherd. So here's how I want to close this out today. I know many of you have plans this afternoon, and I want to be a good steward of your time. But you you may be here today as a as a visitor, you may be here as a member. But the truth of the matter is that if if people were to pull back the veil that is your life and look deep inside, they'd see you're walking through some dark and troublesome times. They would see the turmoil that you're in. They'd see the inner struggle that you're having to deal with right now. They would see the problem that's looming in your future that's that's causing you distress. Can I can I just ask you to remember something today? God is faithful to preserve those who worship him. He is faithful to preserve As a Christ follower, you may feel like your back is against the wall. But I want you to remember that God is faithful to shepherd you even in the darkest hour. That he's faithful to shepherd you even in the toughest time. Even in that greatest struggle, he's there to shepherd you. And it may be that you don't know Jesus as your Savior today. And like the Sumerians, can I tell you something? Judgment looms in your future. But for those who do not know Christ will one day have to stand before him and face the wrath of God on their sin. You mean, you mean God doesn't love me? Oh, he loves you. Let me tell you how much he loves you. He put your sin on his son and nailed him to a cross so that you wouldn't have to stand before him and give account for it one day. But if you never accept the sacrifice of his son, then you're going to have to stand before him and give an account for your own sin. And God's judgment will fall. And it may be that as if you're not a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, I want you to know that God's going to judge your sin and judgment looms in front of you today. But the good news is Jesus, who is a good shepherd and one who provides, who preserves a remnant and provides for the righteous, he has provided a way of escape from his judgment for you. You don't have to stand before God one day and answer for your sin. Why? How? What, what is it that, that keeps that from happening? By accepting Jesus as the sacrifice for your sin. By surrendering your life to Him. Here's what happens. When you come to Jesus and you surrender your life to Him, that, that sin that you, that you have, you have shouldered, that sin that, that you have had to walk under the weight of guilt and shame and, and, and all of this other negative stuff. Here's what happens. It's nailed to the cross of Jesus and you are given 
his eternal life. You're forgiven of your sins. It's called repentance. It's turning away from sin and turning to Jesus and, and crying out to him, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner and I, I need a Savior. You, you died for my sins and I, I trust you. Save me from my sins. As a conquering king who's now defeated death, hell, and the grave, he's inviting you to be a sheep in his sheepfold. The good shepherd is opening the gate and calling you in. But he's not going to force you in. He's not going to drive you in. He invites you in. He wants to preserve you in his grace and provide for you in his love. He wants to be your shepherd. In just a moment, we're going to stand together. We're going to sing together. I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know how dark the day may be for you. It may be a great day. But today, I want you to hear the voice of Micah as he proclaims, God will preserve a remnant. God will protect the righteous. And maybe you just need to bow your head today because maybe you're one of those righteous he is protecting and preserving. Maybe you're in that dark hour and you're seeing the hand of God work in your life to protect and provide for you. And it may be today you just need to bow your eyes and say, Lord Jesus, thank you that you're my shepherd. Thank you that you're walking with me in this. I'm leaning on you. I'm trusting you. It may be that you're in that dark time and you're trying to fight your way out of it. And today you, you, need, you need to hear God saying to you, I'll take care of my sheep. Make sure you're one of mine. If you don't know Jesus, today's a great day to come into the sheepfold of the great shepherd. Let's pray. Father, you are good. No matter what the culture may try to say about you, no matter how they, they try to manipulate truth and facts to make it say what they want it to say, Lord, the ultimate truth is still you are good. Lord, we, we pray that if there's one in this room today that's questioning your goodness, if there's one in here today that's struggling in that dark hour, that they'll look to the hills from where their help comes and their help comes from you, Lord. I pray for that one that doesn't know you that's in this room right now. Lord, they, they're a sheep that needs a shepherd. And you have provided everything that they need. You have given every provision that needs to be given so that they can become a part of your family, a part of your sheepfold. So I pray that today will be the day that they repent of their sins and turn to you. And find that grace that they need so desperately. Lord, in these next few moments, do for us what only you can do. Is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together as we sing together.
Well, again, thank you so much for being here today to all of our ladies. Happy Mother's Day to you. There are a few of these left. If you want to pick these up to take to your mother uh, that you're seeing today, uh, you're invited to do that. I look forward to seeing you uh, Wednesday night if you're able to come for our Bible study. Don't forget, next Saturday, 10 o'clock, hands-on locusts, all of our kids and parents, you're, you're more than welcome to come. And then Sunday, we've got a big day there, so make sure you read your bulletin. Let's take just a moment to pray together. Our Father and our God, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for who you are. You are our good shepherd. And Lord, I pray that we'll lean upon you, we'll look to you, We'll hold on to you, Lord, as uh, we walk through difficult days, difficult times. We thank you, Lord, that you always preserve your remnant. And no matter how wicked things may look around us, how evil may rage around us, Lord, you're still in that, uh, you're still in that um, means of preserving your remnant to take care of your righteous ones. And, Lord, we thank you for that. Just dismiss us with your love. Keep each one safe as they go their separate ways. Just pray, Lord, that you'll be honored in all that we do today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.